This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Well, good morning. Uh, It's Frank Proctor here, the sous chef of the garden. And I'm afraid we have to start out with some uh, very sad news for you this morning. Charlie's father this past week passed away. If I remember correctly, he was 92 and was to have very shortly celebrated his 93rd birthday. So obviously, uh, Charlie is at home taking care of things, and uh, we wish her all the very best. And I know that you'll send condolences her way. And we've leaned on the support of one of our good friends, Dennis Flanagan from Landscape Ontario, who at the last moment said, hey, yeah, I'll come and help you out, Frankie. So he's on the line with this from his home office. So let's say good morning, first of all, to Dennis Flanagan of Landscape Ontario. Good morning, Dennis. Good morning, Frank. Nice yeah. of you to join me. and Thank you very much in this kind of trying time to do this for us. Yeah, I feel feel. Uh uh, I sent my condolences to, to Charlie uh, last night, and, uh, yeah, very, very tough news. You bet. Well, okay, uh, our job right now is to keep the show rolling along yep. in spite of all the, the sad news. Uh, in in uh, that in mind, I should repeat a little uh, mantra that we often give out here. Uh, here are the phone numbers to reach, and in this case, uh, we'll be talking to Dennis Flanagan. Okay, uh, long-distance line, toll-free, anywhere in the province, 1-866-740-4740. Or if you're in the Toronto area, 416-360-0740. Call early, call often, one question per call. And if you happen to be a first-time caller, please let Carlos, our operator, know. And just before you get to the airwaves... There you are. you got to get your garden wings. Okay. Now, listen, just before we get going with the questions, and we ask the folks line up uh, their calls as soon as you possibly can, uh, let's talk a little bit about your company, the company you work for, Landscape Ontario. Give me a little thumbnail sketch of what your duties and what your company does. Yeah, well, you know, Landscape Ontario is is a not-for-profit organization. Uh, we have over um, 25 hundred members across the province, so anywhere within your listening um, um, circle, uh, there'd be a member or a garden center or an irrigation company, and our main job this time of year is education. Um, So there's going to be lots of online courses during the winter that our members uh, take part in, and that can be anything from business uh, subjects to pruning to laying um, flagstone patios. Uh, So... Lots of education this winter. Okay. And if folks are uh, looking for someone to come and take a look at a tree, for instance, you've got uh, good sources there to send them to the right folks, correct? Absolutely. Just just go to the Landscape Ontario website, and you can see... And what you do, Frank, is you, you punch in your postal code, and it'll bring up um, a selection of, of professional uh, green uh, professionals in your area, 
um, that can deal with tree problems, uh, drainage problems, uh, anything that um, maybe, uh, and Charlie would actually be on that list with her company, yeah. Right, yes. Garden Solutions by Charlie Dobbin. You got it. Well, okay, look, uh, we're going to take a little bit of a break here because uh, we've got calls lined up already, but we can use more at all times. So in Toronto, give this number a call, 416-360-0740, or anywhere in the province, as I've mentioned, toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. And in moments, we'll return to get the advice of Dennis Flanagan of Landscape Ontario here on Charlie. Charlie Dobbins Garden Show from Zoomer Radio. About a million of Zoomer's three million readers say they have a keen sense of adventure. Are you one? Then read the latest issue of Zoomer Magazine and meet Wade Davis, the rock star explorer who's lived what most of us only imagine. Botanist, anthropologist, historian, and writer. As a youth, he was inspired by his travels on Columbia's Magdalena River and has returned there to write an amazing new book. Wade Davis, the inspiring cover story in Zoomer Magazine. On sale now. Zoomer Magazine. Life Empowered. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And a very good morning to you. Thank you for joining both myself, Frank Proctor, and Dennis Flanagan from Landscape Ontario. Charlie Dobbin, not here. Her dad passed away this past week, so obviously our condolences to her, and I miss giving her our uh, traditional morning hug when we get together here in the studio. Anywho, we got a, a call in from St. Catharines, as a matter of fact, the Garden City. There's Barbara online. Good morning, Barbara. Say hi to Dennis Flanagan. Hello. Morning, Dennis and Frank. Hi. Go ahead, Dennis. Yeah. Hey, Barbara. How are you? Um, thank you. I'm looking looking forward for a virtual hug from from Frank this morning, actually. <laughs> but uh... well, I might scratch you with this beard of mine. But <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. What's Hello. on your mind this morning, Barbara? Morning, um, Dennis and Frank again. Um, so my question is. Should I be feeding flowering houseplants during the winter? I didn't quite catch that. Did you, Dennis? No. Feeding houseplants? Flowering feeding houseplants. Should I be feeding them during the winter? Yes, it's it's uh, as as we go through the winter, we get low lower light conditions, and uh, it's not a bad idea. Every um, ten days to two weeks, the secret is um, with fertilizing houseplants is is to um, do it more frequently, but half the amount that they show you on on the label. Um, the the reason for that is is houseplants are obviously in a pot as opposed to out in the garden, and it's it's easier for the plant to take up a lower dose of fertilizer. So whatever fertilizer you're using, read the label carefully. Uh, I would suggest halving the dose, so it's probably a water soluble solution that you're going to use, and um, and do it that that way. But yeah, very important during the winter to keep some nutrition going um, for your house. Plants, just just like us, you know, we we need to stay healthy. So, uh, we <laughs> so house plants are exactly so the same. Hey, thank you very much. I use the miracle grow. Thank uh, you. Okay. Good. Yeah. 
Thank you, Barbara, uh, calling in on what now is turning out to be a very pleasant Saturday morning as I glance out the window here at uh, Liberty Village with the sunshine prevailing at the moment. And looks like we're heading toward a high of about six degrees tomorrow. Uh, Dennis, uh, even nicer, about nine degrees uh, expected on the way. So not yeah, bad for the latter part of the month, Big weekend for gardening. Um, you know, this is the first weekend in, in December coming up. People are looking at buying holiday plants. Um, even uh, some people are going to get out there and buy the Christmas tree this this uh, weekend. Right, you are. And now, as we said uh, goodbye to Barbara, that leaves not only one line, but a couple of lines open here. We can fill them up if you give a call now. one 866 from anywhere in the province, toll-free. And then our uh, line here in Toronto, 416-360-0740. But let's bob along to Brampton and say hi to Lynn, who's waiting on the line to ask you a question. Dennis, good morning, Lynn. Good morning. How are you? Fine, thank Lynn, you. Lynn, good morning. Good morning, Dennis. I have a, a question. I, I'm, I want to move a tr- possibly move a tree. Uh-huh. Okay? Now, I can't tell you what kind it is, but I can tell you it has huge uh, heart-shaped leaves. It has very large pods on it at the end of the season, uh-huh. and it has white flowers. Right, so that would be a catalpa tree. How do you spell that? A catalpa, C-A-T-A-L-P-A, catalpa. Okay. Sometimes called the bean tree okay. um, because of those wonderful bean pods that, that are on, as you described. Yeah. So it's about five years old. It's about 20 feet Ooh. high. It's not that wide, like my hands, my, my fingers together. Mm-hmm. It only would be maybe four or five inches round. Okay. Okay. And um, it's in a very good place, and it's growing very well. I just, uh, I'm thinking about moving it, and uh, only because it's shaded by a maple tree. Right. On another property. So it's, it doesn't have... It doesn't have all the sun it should have. Um, I'm just wondering if that, how difficult that would be, and, and if it's possible. Uh, it's possible. Uh, it's it's hmm, given that how big the tree is, it's not an easy task. You you, you might want to consider phoning a, a landscape professional or arborist to come and have a look at the issue. Mm-hmm. If you're going to try it yourself, yeah. uh, you have to do it um, very very soon. Bef- you know before the the ground starts to get any colder Um, the secret with moving a tree of that size is to have decide where you're going to put it and pre-dig the new hole first so that um, the the roots of that tree aren't exposed exposed any longer than they have to be so that's step number one step number two would be um, the old trick a gardener's trick is with a tree that size you should you should be coming out three three widths of the space that you're using, the shovel that you're using. That gives you an indication of how big uh, the root ball has to be. Now, now, the roots on that tree, would it be deep or would they just be ground level? No, they'd be be fairly deep. Uh, The the secret is you are going to cut some roots. There's no question about that. So don't don't panic. That 
that will happen. Um, those routes will quickly, um, uh, new routes will quickly come in, in the springtime. Um, and the biggest problem, I think, with moving a tree that size is making sure that the existing roots that you dig up are, have a firm, firm contact with, with the new soil, the new growth. And you do that, of course, by getting the heel of your boot, your gardening boot, your wellies, and, and uh, go right away around that tree and make sure that you're stomping it in to make sure that that root contact happens. The other thing that helps is to reduce the amount of, of leaves that are on the tree. Not you know, not that there's any leaves this time of year that they're dropping off, but at least we remove the overall branching. That way, um, it's when the spring comes, that tree is losing less moisture, less water in into the air. Would it be better to wait and move it in the spring? Uh, there's, uh, I, I've got a coin on my desk here, and I'm going to flip <laughs> You're it. You're going to flip it. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and there it is. Um, it, it came up, it came down on its side. So uh, <laughs> if, if Frank could use his crystal ball and tell us exactly what the weather is going to be like over the next uh, three weeks, um, I'd say chance it, do it now. Yeah. Um, if indeed the weather's going to close in on us, um, I would be leaving that task to till no, April. Okay. Um, so I'm kind of leaning towards that answer, to be honest with you. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, you never know from one day to another. No, you 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 don't. You you don't. I mean, they do a good job at the uh, in in the weather reports on 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 Zoom and radio, but they're not always right. <laughs> So well, I'd great. probably lean, lean towards April at, at the moment, follow all those steps. In the meantime, over the winter, think about having an arborist come in to at least look at the issue, look at the problem. And uh, there's nothing like an on-site visit to, to really give you the confidence of what you need to do. And then it's just a clarification. Uh, when you ask an arborist to come out to your place, there's no charge uh, for them to take a look and to offer advice. It's only when you you employ their services, correct? Oh, okay. Yeah, it depends. It depends on the company, uh, Frank. Some some people will will offer a, a free consultation. Uh-huh. Some people will, will will charge. So um, it just depends on the area you live and the services that are available. The other alternative is to take photos of that tree right now and go into your local garden center, um, and they'd be happy to to um, you know give you some advice for free too. Okay. Sounds good. good. Hey, Lynn, thank you very much for the question, and uh, And that will engender a bit more conversation for us. All right. Thank you very much. Uh, We're going to take a little bit of a break now, Dennis, so you can just relax there in your home office, fill up the coffee mug, as I've done here. and uh, We'll remind you that the phone lines are open. We uh, are going to speak in just moments to Cheryl calling in from Wasaga Beach. But the phone number is here in Toronto, 416-360-0740. And, of course, the long-distance line, which is toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. It's the Garden Show on Zoomer Radio. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is the Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. 
exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And in Charlie's stead this morning is Dennis Flanagan of Landscape Ontario. And on the line waiting ever so patiently there, Wasaga Beach, is Cheryl. Hi, Cheryl. Good morning. Hello, Cheryl. Um, I'm actually calling because I have service berry. Um, actually, I have two service berry bushes or trees. And in the spring, they, as they, or actually, they start off they're okay in the spring. Then they seem to get like a mildew on the leaves. Um, yep. Kind of reminds me of like a lilac as it goes, as the time goes on the lilac, they get that film. And I'm wondering, can I use dormancy spray in the spring? Would that help so that they don't get that? Yeah, it, it will certainly help. Uh, it's a very, very common um, problem with service berries and lilacs. So, so don't uh, you're not alone, Cheryl. <laughs> Lots of us, including me, get that. So two two things. One, yes, uh, the, the dormant spray, um, and make sure you're doing it before the leaves come out, hence the name the dormant. Um, that, that will help to um, look after ever any overwintering uh, fungus or insects that are on, on the tree, on the bush. Um, the real long-term solution is that mildew, is uh, that fungus, that white film is due to two issues probably. One is drainage. Um, so if you can improve the drainage around that uh, tree, that service berry in, in, in any way, um, and that can be as simple as punching some holes in the ground around the root system and, and tipping in some sharp sand or vermiculite to allow the water to drain quicker. Uh, the other reason is shade, of course. If, if the plant is, is in deep shade, um, there's, you're bound to get mildew issues. So um, th- those are the two reasons that you're, you're, you're getting it. Um, you're on the right tracks for solving the issue uh, with, with the dormant spray. The other important thing is as those leaves, they, they probably dropped now on the ground, is actually pick up those leaves. Um, yeah. Because if you leave them, uh, that fungus can actually breed in the soil underneath the bush, underneath the tree, and, and, and come back and attack it, attack the new growth next year. So yeah. following those little little guidelines um, should help the issue. Okay, that's great. Thank you so much. Thanks, Cheryl. Thank you, Cheryl, for joining us here on Zoomer Radio AM 740 and in downtown Toronto, 96.7 FM, crystal clear. I'm Frank Proctor, and on the line from his home is Dennis Flanagan, sitting in for Charlie this morning. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I'll let you know right off the bat, we've got an absolute clear deck. If you uh, have ever said, gee, I wonder when a good time would be to call uh, and ask a question on the garden show. Well, right now, right now would be a perfect time, okay? And the numbers again in Toronto, 416-360-0740. Anywhere else in the province, toll-free, 186. 740-4740. And while I wait your phone calls, here's a, an email that was sent to Charlie a little while ago from Janet Taylor. And uh, here's what uh, she said uh, in, the, in the email, Dennis. Subject, spruce trees and grasses. Short and sweet, what will grow under a row of 30-year-old Norway's uh, blue spruce? She wants grass there, so can you offer any advice on that? Uh, that's that's a great 
great question. Um, the, the short answer is, is no, not, not normal uh, grass will grow there. Sun-loving uh, grass will, will struggle. Um, so you can uh, go to the garden center and, and buy what's called a, a shade mix, um, and, and that will often um, do quite well underneath spruce trees. There's two other issues, Frank, and that's one, um, how low the branches are on that spruce tree. I, I really don't recommend cutting those lower branches off. Um, it can damage the tree, um, and, and it's, not a, it's not a good idea. So living with the lower limbs of the spruce tree is, 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 in my mind, the way to move forward. If that shade grass doesn't work, then consider um, one of the shade-loving ground covers that, that could work. Um, I use uh, a lot around my property, I have a lot of shade, and I use a lovely ground cover called Sweet Woodruff. Um, and it just uh, is, a, is a beautiful ground cover, uh, doesn't get too in invasive, doesn't get too big, and I think uh, would, would fit the bill underneath that lovely row of um, spruce trees. Excellent. Okay. Thank you. And I hope you uh, take all that into account, uh, Janet Taylor. Thanks for your question via email. Now, back to the phone lines we go. Mary, maybe just around the corner here in uh, Toronto, on the line with a question for you. Good morning, Mary. Hi, Mary. My condolences, you know, to Charlie. Oh, thank you. Hate you to lose anybody, no matter what age it is. And closer to Christmas, the worse it is. Yes, indeed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, my question is this. Uh, I have two small or like this teeny orchid you know the miniature ones and mm-hmm. plants and then i rescued well i didn't rescue well i sort of did from home depot a bigger one you know like the regular size uh-huh. what i'd like to do and i'd like to know is can i combine all three in one pot now the one that i rescued from home depot has one white flower still and a bud you could see that's growing the oh, other a black stalk. I don't know if I, I should cut it. It obviously is the second stalk. There's mm-hmm. nothing on it. And on one of the teeny ones, the leaves are growing vigorously, and there's, I guess it's a root. It's a very strong, fat, uh, gray root at, you know, the bottom of the leaves. And the other one I might have overwatered. It's still hanging in there, but <laughs> not as vigorous. But I'm just wondering, because I found... Um, like one of those plastic pots that is bigger that yep. would accommodate all three, but I don't know if that's possible. I've never really, I've never been lucky with orchids. Yeah, no, uh, great, fabulous question. Um, and um, d- no, do not cut off any of those shoots. Uh, that's that's the the lifeline. That's what an orchid does. It's called an epiphyte. Um, plant in, in, in nature. It grows up in, orchids grow up in trees, and those are aerial, aerial roots. So, very important you don't cut them off. Money no, not that, but I'm, um, I'm asking on the bigger one that has the black stalk that has nothing on it, that had nothing when I oh, bought it. Oh, no, no leaves or flowers or anything? Yeah, that, I don't know if it had flowers, it probably had flowers. Yeah. So that one, um, I would isolate from the other ones simply because if it is some sort of root rod or fungus, you don't want it spreading to the others. Uh, so try to try to um, dry that one out a little bit. And it, well, that's that's what I've done. Well, I think good. this is why they were selling them off. Is I think they might have been overwatered. 
Yes, yeah, that's one leaf that's, that's very limp and yellow, but yet that one surviving flower with the one bud on the other stalk is doing fine. I yeah, put it on newspaper and I put it out in the sun to let it dry, and I think it's really coming along. But can I put all three in one pot? Yeah, you know, you can. Um, I, I tend to suggest that you cheat a little bit. Okay. Um, so have the appearance of all of them growing in one pot, but keep them in their individual pots um, inside the larger container and use something like a, a moss or pebbles to, to cover up the top, cover up the appearance, so it looks as if you've actually planted oh. all three in the same container. The so reason like I'm in other words, that, don't uh, sort of put, no. uh, maybe because it's fairly you know, yeah. new, both of them, I mean, all of them are less than two years old, Okay, yeah, so that and the other reason is it's so much easier if, if one of them gets a problem is to lift that separate pot out, deal with it, and then put it back in a couple of weeks. Um, so yes, the short answer is you can, you can have the appearance of all those orchids growing in, growing in the same container, but um, cleverly what you've done is just covered up the, the look of the um, smaller pots inside the big now, pots. My question then is, why couldn't I, you know, like when you're repotting something, why couldn't I just repot the individual ones in their same medium in a bigger pot? Yeah, you, you could. Um, and, you know, if moving forward everything else is equal, uh, they're all getting the same moisture, they're all getting the same light conditions, they're all staying um, healthy looking, um, then... Um, you, you could, you can, you can do that. Make sure that you're using a uh, orchid uh, bark mix. Uh, the, the, the problem being, when you put those three plants into a larger container, there will be the tendency to overwater it, um, and, and, and that soil will stay too soggy for orchids. And so, make sure that you, you're, you're getting a, a bag of orchid bark mix. And, and using that to, to plant uh, all three in the same container. Okay. Um, the good news is plants, um, th- they don't come under the social distancing uh, rules that, that we do. So in, a, in actual fact, they love being planted close together and would make a nice wintertime project for you. Okay, well, thank you very much. I'm glad I spoke with you before I tried anything. Yeah, thanks. Good luck. Thank All you. right, thank you, Mary, for joining us here on a Saturday morning from Zoomer Radio. Let's take a little trip, uh, Dennis, up to Aurelia. Say hi to Lynn, who's on the line right now. Good morning, Lynn. Good morning. How are you today? Good, thank hey, you. Good morning, Lynn. Good morning. Um, I, I have a question that I'm sure is timely. I'm picking up a big poinsettia today and I'd like to know the very best way to take care of it so it looks beautiful for a full month at least. Yes, you you and many thousands of other people will be picking up poinsettias this, this weekend. Um, and no better way to add some cheer to our house than that wonderful, um, wonderful plant. Question being, uh, maintenance-wise, so um, even today, or even though the, t- the temperature is fairly nice, Remember that those plants have been grown in a very nice, warm greenhouse. Um, so the last thing that you want to do is expose them to any kind of any kind of cold uh, breeze, any conditions. So um, um, make sure your your car is warm. Um, so leave it on for a couple of minutes before you load up the poinsettias. 
Um, make sure that when you're delivering them, if you're taken to other places, it's, it's as quick as possible into, into the warm house because the number one issue with poinsettias is, is cold drafts um, from windows or doors. So any way you can avoid that, that would be, that would be fantastic. Um, get that black uh, plastic, get that plastic sleeve off as quickly as you can after you've got those poinsettias home. Um, uh, inspect the plant closely. Um, remove any leaves that have turned brown, which they tend to at the bottom when they're in those plastic sleeves. Um, have a quick look on the underside of the leaves. If there's, you know, there's no uh, bugs, no mealybugs, aphids. Um, and uh, set it in in what we call mid or low light conditions. Um, ideally, a, uh, an east window would be perfect. And um, sit down and, and give your poinsettia a drink. And why don't you have a drink as well? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm all for that. <laughs> 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 a little red with my red. There you go. <laughs> Super well, thank stuff. Thank you very much. I was I was thinking in terms of watering and whatnot, but um, uh, that helps me a lot, especially removing it from the pot. Yes. Okay. Thank, thank you, you very, very much. <laughs> thank you, Lynn, very much. Holiday. All right, and the same to you. Thanks. Thanks for giving us a ring this morning, and some super advice offered up by Dennis Flanagan of Landscape Ontario, subbing for uh, our, our very own Charlie Dobbin. Okay, uh, we're going to take a little bit of a break here, Dennis. So again, you can race off to fill that coffee cup up, and we'll come back and say hi to Pam, who's on the line from Brampton, in just moments here on the Garden Show from Zoomer Radio. <laughs> Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Let me turn my mic on there. I'm so used to having Charlie do all this uh, technical stuff here on the show. Uh, for those of you who might have tuned in a little bit late, uh, the sad news is this morning that Charlie's dad passed away this past week. So instead of Charlie sitting here, we have online from his home, Dennis Flanagan of Landscape Ontario. And let's turn things over to a question in from Pam, who's listening in from Brampton, Ontario. Good morning, Pam. Good morning. This is uh, my first time calling in. <laughs> oh, well, just a minute. There you go, your garden wings. There you go. <laughs> and what's your question? Well, I have a Deplodania that I brought indoors uh, for the winter because uh, somebody just told me I could keep it over winter. But I don't. I've sprayed it with uh, bug spray just in case it contained anything and i don't know how much to prune it back hmm that's a, that's a great question how 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 tall would you say it is now how big is it now well it's in the pot and it's overflowing the pot and it was sending out shoots to an archway when it was outside mm. but I, I cut off those pieces and brought it in as it is. It's climbing up a wire in the pot right now. 
<laughs> Sounds like you're going to have a jungle in in in, in any any moment now. Um, <laughs> the secret with that uh, that plant is to be quite harsh when you bring it in. Actually, um, you'll see lots of new growth in the in the new year. So I would reduce it actually by probably fifty percent. Um, oh. So yeah, so take be quite harsh. Otherwise, what's going to happen is those uh, long tendrils that you have now will get more stragglier uh, because of the low, lower light conditions in our house. Um, so that, that particular variety, if you can pick a window um, where it has good indirect sunlight, um, uh, it, it will it will help the recovery. But cut it cut it back by um, by fifty percent. Um, so it'll look a little bit full on for a few weeks, uh, unfortunately, but patience uh, pays off. And if you can you do that, give it a, um, a some fertilizer, some um, water soluble fertilizer, and I think you'll find after the holidays in the new year you'll see all sorts of new new sprouts coming out, and then you can decide how you want to support those new new shoots. You can either keep trimming them back throughout the winter months. Or if you like the idea of getting an indoor trellis or indoor um, obelisk of some some description to put in or over the pot, you can actually uh, let those new tendrils grow up uh, uh, up to you know four four or five feet if you want. Oh <laughs> no, because I'm going to put it back outside in the spring. Ah, okay. So best. Uh, best to just keep it, keep it, uh, keep it alive in that sunny window fertilizer, and let it go. Um, so um, let me withdraw that statement about the fertilizer. Um, let's talk about it going into what we call a semi-dormant stage, uh, which would be very good for the plant. Um, so, so let it uh, rest a little bit, just like the the animals uh, uh, have a dormant period during during the winter. Um, do do that, and don't expect a, a lot of growth or flowers in the winter. What you are, you're preparing it for planting outside next year. So, semi dormancy is 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 the way to go. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you. And thanks for that question, too, Pam, uh, joining us here on uh, The Garden Show from Zoomer Radio. Uh, let's see. Oh, we, uh, as we say goodbye there to Pam, it uh, leaves the line open at 416-360-0740 or in, uh, anywhere in the province, toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. Well, off we go to my hometown, London, Ontario, where Mike is on the line. Hi, good morning, Mike. Oh, good morning, Frank. You guys are doing a good job. Well, thank you. Good morning, Mike. Hello there, Dennis. My condolences to Charlie and her family. I hope she can uh, get get everything taken care of, and I uh, hope to hear her voice next week. You bet. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Okay, I got a King Crimson. It's over 20 years old. It's roughly 15 to 18 feet tall. It's been losing leaves every year, and this year was the worst. Mm. It, it's got a five or six inch maybe diameter trunk. It's just out in the lawn. There's uh, other trees around maple, and I, there's a small walnut tree about 15 feet away. 
Mm. I don't know what to do. I don't know if I should, you know, should I dig the ground up under it or throw a bag of poop under it? Or <laughs> yeah. I, I really miss this bright red crimson tree. Yeah, beautiful tree. And you want to want to do all you can to to save that. Um, yep, and there's yeah. just a little bit. There's some leaves. There was at the end of this year. There was some leaves on the bottom on branches I had previously cut in other years. And mm-hmm. on the very top, there was a cluster of leaves on one main branch. Besides that, the whole tree was leafless. Oh dear, that doesn't sound sound good at all. Um, oh, I know it's it's not it's a real it's struggling hard. <laughs> yeah, have you done anything about fertilizing um, up to now? Not at all. Never fertilized no. anything. No. So I think that would be the the ticket. Um, come come the spring, it's a bit late now, but c- come the spring, I think you've got to baby that tree a little bit. So when I say that, um, if you have any leaves, by the way, right now, uh, I would rake them up and put them around the tree. It'll it'll um, be a natural mulch, a natural fertilizer, and a way of protecting the roots for the winter. Oh, and and then in, uh, so, so 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 do that um, right now. So if the weather in London is like it is in Toronto, there's a beautiful day to be outside. Oh, Dennis, I could barely the tree and leaves. There's so many around. <laughs> well, don't do that. But a nice sort of six to ten inch layer of leaves around uh, and come out about three feet around the tree, and that will be a, a lovely way of mulching the tree for the winter. And then next year, what I want you to consider doing is is buying some bags of, of fresh manure um, and putting it around the base and and making. Uh, what, what would look like a saucer uh, around the trunk of the tree so that uh, when you put in some water-soluble fertilizer, uh, and I would, I would go with a high-nitrogen fertilizer in the spring, um, by making that moat, by, by making that puddle around the base of the tree, it'll, it'll hold the fertilizer, hold the water solution. And so you're, you're babying, babying it um, a little bit. And yeah, that let, sounds let, uh, really good. I, and it was an extremely dry year in this area this year as well, and we don't water our trees or anything. So it, that's another reason it didn't do very well, because ah, we had a real big long hot stretch of no rain at all. Yeah. Do you collect uh, any any rainwater off the house in in main oh, yeah, barrels or anything? Rain barrels, yeah. Yeah, good. So that would be a, a lovely tonic. Um, uh, mix a little bit of gin in there. No, um, <laughs> lovely tonic for that tree is to give it some of that that well deserved rainwater that you've you've collected. And uh, you know, maples are very hardy hardy trees. And let's hope that this particular one is just just um, reacting to the dry conditions. Um, and by getting some uh, well-deserved rainwater, some water-soluble fertilizer in the spring, uh, let's hope you're, you're going to see some, some new buds popping out uh, next April. Will do. Dennis, thank you for all the good advice. Thank, thank you, you, Mike, for joining us uh, from good- London. Yeah, you bet. Take care, my friend, and God bless you for calling in. Uh, we're going to have to take our uh, next little, and it's our final break, and we have folks uh, waiting on the line uh, to have a question shot your way, Dennis, Carol in Scarborough, and Eileen in Newcastle. So you folks, hold on. We'll be right back here on The Garden Show from Zuma Radio. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And uh, in our final little stretch here as we approach the 9 o'clock point, or pardon me, the 10 o'clock hour, let's go out to Scarborough and see what's going on there with Carol. Good morning, Carol. Morning. Um, first of all, my condolences to Charlie and her family. Thank you. And 
My problem is I have a 40-year-old Crimson King maple on my front lawn. Are you there? Yep. Yes. Oh, I'm yeah, sorry. well. And it has a uh, gypsy moth infestation. Ouch. Yes, ouch. And what I've done so far is the ones, the, the egg colonies that I could reach, I, um, I sprayed them with Raid and I burnt them off with a barbecue lighter. Mm-hmm. And then uh, there were some of the caterpillars burrowing into the tree, which I burnt them and then dug them out. And uh, that's all I've done so far. I had an arborist come, and he said there's really not much you can do unless you have it sprayed mm-hmm. at the top. Mm-hmm. Is, is that, does that make sense? Yeah, um, it, 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 it does. Um, boy, that's, that's, uh, number one, it's, it's a big, big tree. So that's, you know, that's yeah. the issue right there. Right. So taking that obvious advice, I think, is a, is a good idea. Uh, it's all about timing. So if you're going to do that, um, you should be doing it early spring, um, you know, before, uh, those bugs have a chance to come out and, and spread through the tree. You've done well up to date. You've, you've done very well uh, how you've been treating it. Uh, the other thing to consider is a um, a, a trap, um, like a, a, a moth trap. And I think if you go to your local garden center um, or visit a website called NIC, NIC, Natural Insect Control Products, um, they have some some great um, traps uh, that, that uh, work on uh, the, the pheromone scent smell, smell of attracting those moths. Uh-huh. So, um, yeah, so write that down, NIC, uh, Natural Insect Control. You can go on their, their website. And they supply many, many garden centers with the type of products and traps that I'm, I'm talking about. So um, do some research this winter. Um, get your timing right for the spring. And, boy, that, that you know, a 40-year-old beautiful tree like that is worth every effort that that you can spend on it to to save it so right yeah uh, that would that would, that would so you got a little bit of homework to do over the next couple of months um nothing's going to happen uh, in fact the cold weather is going to going to help by um clearing out some of those insects so that's okay. a, that's a good thing um, but we should be thinking about um in scarborough next uh, next next april or so thinking about a treatment Okay. okay. Thank you very and, much, and Carol. Trap. Do you hang it in a tree or? Yes. Yes. You hang it. You hang. You hang it in the tree. Yep. Yep. And uh, depending on the size of the tree, uh, the people at, at, at Nick might um, might suggest uh, more than more than one trap. So. Right. Right. Um, that's 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 worth a cons- worth a consideration. So. Okay. Yeah. And 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 just as a sideline, if you haven't done any deep root feeding on that tree uh, for for quite a while. Uh, that's not a bad idea. It's like it's like us. If if we have an ailment or uh, some sort of disease, if we take extra vitamins, extra um, food, then it'll strengthen the tree in general, which will help it combat any of those insects and diseases. So a deep root feeding, put that on the calendar for next April. And um, meanwhile, you can just in, in, put your feet up in in the winter and enjoy life.
Okay, thank you so much for your help. Thank you. Thank you, and some sage advice offered up by Dennis Flanagan of Landscape Ontario, who has been in this morning uh, to sit in for Charlie Dobbin. I'm Frank Proctor, and I thank you so very much for all the nice notes that folks have been sending along to pass along to Charlie at the passing of her dad. And uh, I'm sorry we couldn't get to our last caller online there, uh, Eileen. Hopefully uh, you call in early next week, and you'll have a chance, hopefully, to talk to Charlie at that time. If I may, Dennis, um, you I'd referred to my beard a little bit earlier this morning. I'd grown a full beard for uh, November, and I want to thank a number of listeners. I, I can't name them all specifically because there are a number of listeners who donated to my cause. I, I set a, a goal of $3,000, and I'm absolutely delighted to tell you that I've raised $3,261 thus far. Uh, Monday will be the last day that uh, I'll be having the beard. I can't wait for Tuesday morning to shave it off. It's itchy as hell. <laughs> anyway. Uh, well done, Frank. Congratulations on raising those, those funds. And I'm, 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 I'm so glad I, we're doing this remotely today. I'm, I'm at my office at, at home because I'm not sure um, I, I, I could be able to get your hugs and kisses with that beard on. Um, so. <laughs> Well, thank you for those kind thoughts. <laughs> Listen, you take care. Anything you wanted to pass along just as a final uh, comment uh, to folks who are, you know, approaching, here we are, the last part of November, what folks should be thinking about right now in their garden? Yeah, lots and lots of things to think about. You know, get get outside. Uh, in my own garden, what I experienced uh, with that heavy snowfall a couple of weeks ago, it, it split open several of my cedar trees. So I've been out there uh, with some string, some binder twine, and uh, tying those branches together. So look out for any snow or winter winter damage. Um, it's certainly the season to cheer up your house, and we all need cheering up during these troubling times. Get out there and buy some Christmas plants, put them around the house. Um, if you're like my wife, the Christmas uh, the Christmas songs are already playing. Um, so just in, in, enjoy life, and, and we will all, as as the signs say, we will all get through this together. You bet. Thank you very much, Dennis. Congratulations on a super show for us. Thank you. And have yourself a wonderful uh, weekend, folks. Hope you'll join me tomorrow night, as a matter of fact, for BBSN, Big Band Sunday night. And I'll be back this afternoon uh, at 2 o'clock with a little bit of music for you to help you wind your way through a Saturday. Carlos, thank you for all your hard work, my friend. And we'll see you again next week here on Zoom Radio. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.